This is an AMI podcast. I'm Jyotha Gupta, and this is the Pulse. Advocacy exists at the meeting place of imagination and conviction. The barriers faced by the disability community are tangible, with often severe consequences for individuals, families, and communities. But at the same time, there is also growing recognition that the exclusions faced by the disability community are a societal problem. The solutions to deal with ableism are systemic and structural. Overcoming ableism requires imagination and creativity from people of all abilities, regardless of whether they self-identify as a person with a disability. In that way, everyone is an advocate for a more inclusive world. Today, we discuss the mission and programs offered by Manitoba Possible. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello. And welcome to the Pulse on AMI Audio. You're with me, Chuita Gupta. Just a reminder that we, all of us, myself, the producer of this program, as well as our technician, are working remotely as we do our part to practice physical distancing during COVID-19. So perhaps the show will sound slightly different. If you'd like to keep up with some of our latest segments that brings together information about COVID-19. from all of our daily live shows the pulse of course as well as kelly and company and now with dave brown please visit ami.ca/covid19 in this week over the course of about four shows we plan to profile a number of organizations from different parts of the country as we celebrate national accessibility awareness week We'll talk about what National Accessibility Awareness Week is, what are some of the ways in which these organizations are celebrating, and what are some of the issues at play at this crucial time for the disability community. In that spirit, my guest today is Dana Eriksson, the CEO of Manitoba Possible, formerly known as the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities. Dana, welcome to the Pulse. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Juita. It's uh, great to be here. In a few words, what is the mission of Manitoba Possible? We believe in an inclusive and accessible society, um, and so our mission is to work together to eliminate barriers to full and equal participation for everyone. Simply put, so we're a nonprofit located in in Manitoba with that mission. Mm. And what about you, Dana? How long have you been at the helm of Manitoba Possible? I'm uh, just over three years that I've been at the helm. That's wonderful. So, you've undergone a name change—not you, but Manitoba Possible. You've <laughs> gone to from being called the Society for Manitobans with a Disability. Um, I know there are people who say, "What's in a name?" But what's in mm. what was in the name change? Yeah. Well. You know, Manitoba Possible has, uh, hopefully your listeners will agree, an inspirational and an, an inclusive ring to it. Um, mm-hmm. When we consulted with our members and clients and staff and, and numerous other stakeholders, we really learned that they wanted to have an inspirational name. We also learned that the name Society for Manitobans with Disabilities was itself a barrier for those who don't identify as having a disability. 
And so the reason that we changed our name was our way of expressing the desires of our stakeholders, allowing us Mm -hmm. to renew our commitment to working together, as I mentioned earlier, to eliminate barriers for everyone. In that spirit, who is it that you provide services for? Is it exclusively for people with disabilities or people who might be labeled as having a disability? Or is it for anyone really who comes in through the door? It's largely people who uh, have a disability or are labeled labeled as having a disability, as you say. Um, Our our services are really broad-based. We're a provincial organization. We're one of the few organizations in Manitoba that actually has a real provincial footprint with not only um, locations in Winnipeg, but six locations uh, throughout the province. We provide a, a broad range of service. So, for example... Provincial wheelchair service. We are the uh, provincial wheelchair service for Manitoba, loaning out uh, over 14,000 chairs at any given time. We provide the accessible parking permits program on behalf of the province with uh, over 70,000 permits in use at any given time. We also go on from there to provide in-house therapies for early years children so that they can overcome barriers that they face uh, well now and and in the future. We provide a lot of uh, adult programming, uh, employment support, uh, programs in particular, vocational rehab, uh, employment preparation, and, and supportive employment. Um, we run summer day camps for children, but we also run year-round rec and leisure programming for children and adults. And then we also support newcomers uh, with disabilities and their families to to navigate the often complex health and social services that we're, many of us are familiar with. So the list kind of goes on and on. And so we end up providing a broad range of services to a really broad spectrum of, uh, of clients. Yes, I did notice when I was looking at your website that Manitoba Possible has about six offices, as you mentioned, spread out across the province. Dana, what sort of opportunities has that created for you? When I talk to you know the CEOs of a, a number of agencies, sometimes they're just working out of a specific city or working with a very narrow demographic. Given the scope of and the reach of your work, what sort of barriers and opportunities do you see? Well, I think one of the uh, one of the challenges for us is that um, you know Manitoba is is quite Winnipeg centric in many ways. So about seventy percent of the population is in Winnipeg. But when we reach outside of Winnipeg, what we find is that the services are uh, that that, we, that are offered in the city are very much lacking outside of the outside of, the, of Winnipeg, and so. You know, if you go to even Brandon, uh, but particularly in the north, places like Thompson and the Paw, um, you know, if you have a, uh, if you're someone who uh, requires a, a wheelchair for mobility, and, and you live in in Thompson, and your wheelchair breaks down, it can take several days to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Versus if you live in Winnipeg, and you have someone who can respond in the same day to get it fixed. So that's an example of the disparities that we find. Um, we also find that you know, just just the uh, um, access to um, the kinds of clinics and supports, uh, medical supports and so on that, uh, you know, many Winnipeggers might take for granted uh, are, are, again, um, a long um, voyage uh, to, to of a few hours by car to travel into uh, to Winnipeg. And, and, and a lot of times people don't necessarily have access to that transportation. So those are a couple of examples of, uh, of the disparities that we find and, and why it's so very important for us to have a presence uh, in in so many places in in rural Manitoba, so that we can help connect and help facilitate uh, getting people the services that uh, that they need. 
One of the things I've noticed about Win- uh, about Winnipeg, but also just Manitoba generally, is the very high percentage of uh, Indigenous people and Indigenous communities. Is that something that you're thinking about as well when you're designing and programming services for the disability community? We do. We, we probably haven't done that enough. Um, but I, I can say that one of the programs that we've started uh, in partnership with the federal government and uh, another local um, a social service agency here in, in Manitoba is um, providing uh, therapy for early years children uh, on uh, reserves or in Indigenous communities, directly in Indigenous communities. And for our part, we um, we have speech-language pathologists who um, regularly visit uh, Indigenous communities around the province. We're actually now supporting, I think it's 28 different communities uh, from um, the southern tip to the northern tip of the province uh, east to west as well. And um, I think that out of a total of about 68 communities, we're now in 28 uh, and, and we're um, supporting uh, children there who, who, again, the transportation cost for an individual family can be uh, prohibitive or, or difficult. And, and so we will send in a, a speech language pathologist is usually uh, is kind of a team that will go in with an occupational therapist and a physiotherapist perhaps as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and provide services directly in the community. So that's one of the ways that we're trying to um, strengthen our support uh, to Indigenous peoples in the province. The voice that you're listening to is Dana Erickson, who is the CEO of Manitoba Possible. Dana, a lot of agencies right now have seen a massive disruption to service delivery because of COVID-19. So with all that you do and endeavor to do, how have you made the shift to remote working for your agency? Well, we've continued to stay open and, and open for business. Now, uh, that's a little different f- uh, uh, for each service that we provide. So, you know, for example, I mentioned wheelchair operations earlier. So we've remained fully available and fully open to providing wheelchairs for people who need them, to providing um, uh, home, home repairs and supports as well, uh, and, and, of course, hospital deliveries for wheelchairs to support uh, patients uh, going home. Mm-hmm. Um, other services um, are um, are not in person right now. Um, so, but we have been uh, staying very connected with our clients through email, video, uh, um, phone calls uh, from from our staff uh, who are working at home. A lot of staff are are able to work from home. We were able to set them up to work from home very early on in the process. So it mm-hmm. kind of varies from service to service, and of course. We're following public health orders and and our priority is the safety and health of our our clients and our staff and and their families. That makes a lot of sense. Um, One of the services I thought you would mention but didn't get around to talking about was just the the suite of services that you offer for employment purposes and to train in technology and employment and job acquisition skills. Just briefly tell us a little more about them. Sure. So we, we provide sort of three uh, types of services, vocational rehabilitation. So we help people to, uh, to adjust to a new kind of vocation, one that um, maybe they didn't have earlier in their, in their, in their adult life uh, or career, uh, but for, for a variety of reasons have had to, to shift. And so we will help them to, uh, to sort of figure out what they might be good at, what they might like to do, and then uh, move from there to um, helping them with the training or the education or the work experiences to help them uh, gain that kind of employment. Um, employment preparation as well in terms of, of helping people with uh, job applications and resumes and just counseling and supports on how to, 
how to um, to function as an employee in the workplace, uh, and in supportive program supportive employment programs as well, where uh, we we can support people in their workplace. So. Uh, as they begin to experience a new uh, job or a new vocation, uh, we're there to to help both them and the employer to to understand what barriers there may be, help to remove those barriers, help the help the the employee, uh, the prospective employee, to to be successful in their role, and and that way to help employers also understand that uh, that. Um, you know, our clients can be really good employers for employees for them and that, that a diverse workplace, um, you know, can make a lot of sense and can actually um, uh, be a really positive experience for uh, for employers in terms of productivity and uh, and just workplace culture. Right, exactly. Now, speaking of workplace culture, one of the things that you really take pride in as an organization is the philosophy of care that underpins your workplace culture and your service delivery model. When we talk about care, you're not simply talking about empathy or sympathy. What does care mean for Manitoba Possible? Yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting phenomenon. You know, when I when I first started at um, at Manitoba Possible three years ago, I, I very quickly became aware of how passionate and how uh, how um, dedicated employees of Manitoba Possible were to their clients. Um, we, we we conducted an employee opinion survey early on in my in my tenure, and uh, and 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 one of my uh, simple takeaways from that was that our staff love their clients, love their work, but maybe they are not as enamored with their employer, uh, which is one of the reasons that led to our, our name change, of course, and our rebranding ourselves. But but to your to your point about um, you know caring. Um, it, it goes well beyond that. They just, they're just, they go out of their way to make every effort. So an example would be that we have programs that are government funded. And of course we do everything we can to make sure that uh, our clients are linked with the funding that they, that they, uh, have access to. But when, when there's a shortfall or when there's something that's not there, we will go out of our way to find, um, a, a donor or to find a, a foundation that specializes in supporting, families uh, uh, and and link them up with funding to do something special that that uh, or different that government might not uh, or wouldn't typically fund and so it just mm-hmm. are, are, and I've no, continued to notice that and it's one of the things that has given me a lot of pride in working for Manitoba possible is just how committed uh, and dedicated our staff are to their work and to their clients Dana tell me a little bit about envoy what is that Envoy, yeah, it's, it's um, something that we're very proud of. Envoy is a is a first of its kind in Canada, um, in that it, it, it's a it's an online marketplace or an online platform where persons with disabilities and their families can connect in a safe way with skilled care providers for services like respite, home care, personal assistance, and more. So, as an online platform, it allows people to post job opportunities, search for providers, connect and schedule shifts with providers, and actually make and receive payments. They can even match common interests like swimming or playing guitar or, you know, who is comfortable for pets with pets, for example. So it's a very comprehensive matching, online matching platform that uh, we found was really necessary uh, and, and a big void in our community, uh, particularly um, 
uh, in that you know we were we were hearing from people, our clients, people with disabilities and their families, that access to care allows them to participate fully in their community. Mm. It is such but, a brilliant idea, and I wanted to yeah. ask you, Dana, if you if you've ever thought about expanding it, making it bigger and better, maybe offering it on a national basis, because a lot of the barriers faced by the community and this need to have access to community supports is, I think a conversation that we're having coast to coast. I fully agree with you. And in fact, our platform is designed to eventually go up, uh, across the country. Uh, we, needed, we need to use, uh, we need to test it out, make it work. Uh, it's new, it's fairly new. Uh, so Manitobans are getting the first crack at it, but our, our hope and our desire would be that we can make this platform uh, available across the entire country. Uh, for those who uh, who need that, for families who are struggling to find care providers uh, that are a good fit for them, and we and we do know that that's uh, that is an issue across the country. Well, I hope you are successful in broadening the reach of the program. Let's turn our attention to National Accessibility Awareness Week. What are you planning to do to mark the occasion? Well, one of the things that we, um, uh, we've, we've started is uh, something called Empower or the Empower Challenge. Uh, we've, uh, we've partnered with the uh, Government of Canada's Social Development Partnership Program to develop um, this, um, this idea. And what Empower is, it's a project that encourages students in Manitoba schools to share their voice and vision of accessibility uh, for, their, for their schools and communities. And so we know that today's students are tomorrow's leaders. So we wanted them to start thinking about the importance of accessibility now, right now. So students are, are, are uh, being off, offered the opportunity to submit an innovative idea that uh, creates a solution to an accessibility barrier in their community or school. So we're accepting um, in almost any format, uh, drawings, essays, PowerPoints, videos, etc. They're eligible for prizes that they can then use towards that accessibility or improvement for their school. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when we uh, on our social media and acknowledged throughout this week, this um, this National Accessibility Week. So really excited about being able to draw Manitoba's young people into the whole idea of accessibility and 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 breaking down barriers uh, and creating more accessibility in our communities. And as you said, today's youth are tomorrow's leaders. So getting them interested today in accessibility issues is, a, is an investment for all of us moving into the future. If you can, give us a brief sense of some of the ideas and some of the, 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 the thinking that Empower has brought to your attention. Well, it, it, it's... Um the, the the competition, so to speak, closed on Friday. So we are waiting to um, uh, unveil all of the ideas this week during Access National Accessibility Week. Some of the ideas that we know um, have been in in, uh, in play are um, uh, people making uh, wheelchair ramps uh, or ramps out of Lego. Um, uh, we've had submissions of uh, of awareness campaigns uh, that people that kids would like to do in their schools. Um, uh, someone I think has even written a script for a school play about inclusion and accessibility. Um, so it's uh, it seems like it's it's a very broad range of ideas, mm -hmm. uh, which you would expect from um, students. Uh, so we're pretty excited about uh, what the prospects will bear as we unveil the uh, the ideas this week. Absolutely, I'm speaking to Dana Erickson, the CEO of Manitoba Possible. 
Dana, in light of the services that you are providing and some of the advocacy work that you're doing, how are you balancing the two? Because often there's a bit of a conflict or a tension in agencies to try and make those two things happen at the same time. It is a balance. It's a it's a juggle um, because a lot of the services that we provide are funded by uh, provincial governments uh, and federal government. So it is uh, it is the kind of thing that we have to be uh, careful about. But we're really quite keen to to advocate on behalf of our our clients and and our community in general. And and so we have developed a strategy that that you know I think will will hopefully work well for us and and. Part of the big part of that starts by getting out ahead of, of issues, uh, and and so that by the time um, you know they, they've uh, they become a, a societal issue, and and before sorry before uh, governments start making decisions, we're out ahead of that and we're informing them, and we're also involving government in in the decision making and in the process of, of uh, changing things, so that uh, we're not seen as the uh, as the adversary, but as a partner. That's a big part of it. At the, at the grassroots level, I must say, though, that our staff are incredibly good at advocating on behalf of their individual clients every day. Are you also uh, looking to uh, make it so that people with disabilities can advocate for themselves so that they have that a certain degree of civic engagement um, and follow through with their decision makers? Yeah, thanks for that question. I, I, it, we we absolutely uh, try to work with people with disabilities to to um, help uh, create opportunities for them to be advocating for themselves. You know, there was a big campaign last uh, last summer uh, in, in ahead of the provincial election called Disability Matters Votes or the Disability Disability Vote Matters. Sorry, uh, and we were a major part of of supporting that um, initiative. Uh, to really rally all all of Manitoba around uh, that issue, uh, that disability matters, and uh, and so we helped to create a platform, uh, and and it was presented by people uh, with disabilities for people with disabilities, and uh, I think it was a it was a, a highly successful uh, campaign, and uh, and actually got some some traction on some of the issues that uh, we've been advocating for, and that people have been advocating for for quite some time. Now that you mention it, they were uh, the the folks from Disability Vote Matters were actually a guest on this show quite a number of months ago. You know, with the implementation of the Accessible Canada Act, are you excited that some of the ethos that you've embraced with your name change, for example, will become mainstream and become part of our broader public consciousness around making sure that the barriers to people with disabilities are treated as societal problems and not individual shortcomings? I think the federal act is important. I, I think um, provincial acts might even be uh, more important because we, we need to have action closer to uh, to communities. Um, we need to have the ability for Manitobans or for Ontarians or or whoever to be able to to speak directly to uh, accessibility standards in their jurisdictions. Uh, and so I, I love that there's an overarching uh, national um, act and natural, national legislation. I really think that uh, it, it comes down to advocating for the complete um, uh, implementation of, uh, of, uh, of standards in each province. And I know that we, there's still a number of provinces who don't have their own accessibility legislation. And so uh, I think we're really uh, pleased here that Manitoba does. 
mm-hmm. but we work um, on on um, through a, an organization that we're establishing called Barrier Free Manitoba to see through the complete um, uh, implementation of all of the standards that are outlined in that. A lot of it is, as you can probably appreciate, a lot of legislation isn't um, necessarily always as action-oriented as it needs to be. Dana, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to talk. The voice that you're listening to is Dana Erickson, the CEO of Manitoba Possible, formerly known as the Society for Manitobans with the Disabilities. He joined us today to talk about their mission, vision, values, and some of the programs that they're offering and how they've responded to COVID-19. If you'd like to catch some of our conversation with Dana Erickson, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. As we wrap up here, I'd like to say that a few words on the importance of thinking about disability from a place of care and community and resolving to address barriers faced by people with disabilities, not from an individual or medical lens, but through the lens of community organization and societal change. Then and only then can we truly address the scope of the barriers faced by people with disabilities, drive away some of the stigma attached with identifying as a person with a disability, and ensure that our aging population, many of whom will acquire disabilities as they grow older, are treated with respect and dignity. It's on that note that I'd like to thank Dana Erickson for being my guest on the program. Wish all of you a happy National Accessibility Week. The Pulse is produced by Andrika Delanerold. Sam Robinson is our technical producer. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio, with special thanks to Paula Deneen, technical supervisor. We would love to get your feedback. Give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. Let us know if we can play the audio on the program. We would love to get some feedback that way. Or you can send us an email right to feedback at ami.ca. Or you can find us on Twitter at AMI-audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI to tag us so that we can keep track of your conversation online. Thanks a lot for joining us on The Pulse. This has been The Pulse on AMI-audio, and I've been your host, Chuita Gupta. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.